All right. Good morning, everybody. Man, it is looking pretty ugly out there, right? Ugly outside and ugly in here. Look at you. Uh, can we give it one more hand to the winners of our ugly sweater contest? That was awesome. Good job. You know, you got to step it up. I mean, if you're coming in with no lights or music on your thing, I mean, it's every year it's getting better and better there. So way to go. Uh, our winners, to, I mean, they're kind of like we should look back and like, Hadley and Steph, I mean, you guys have been up there the last few years, so you're, it's, uh, last three years. okay, last three years, okay, so next year, Christmas 2023, step it up, I mean, we've got Santa Claus in here, we've got all kinds of, but you got to step it up, so no, that's great, way to go, well, it is, you know, it is looking kind of frightful outside, isn't it, so I'm glad you, you came here, if you're online, you're, you, you looked out and going, uh-uh, I'm, I'm going to stay home. That's okay. We're glad you're here and joining us online. So you might be right now streaming with us that this is happening on Sunday morning or it's another time in the week that you're watching. We're glad you're joining us here today. And I just want to emphasize as we get into Christmas week, I know we've got a lot of different plans and we're all looking, checking the weather app that changes hourly. So there's a lot of things going on. But as we get into Christmas Eve, it really is my favorite day. I love Easter. Nothing wrong with that. It's that kind of is the culmination of the resurrection of Christ. But it does start with Christmas, and it starts with his birth that we celebrate. I love the day that we have for Christmas Eve because it really is, in, in the past, we've really invited our community to come and celebrate Christmas. If there was ever a day that people would consider even coming, consider even just darkening the door of a church, would be Christmas Eve. I was just talking with a friend just a few minutes ago before the service that that was one of their first steps back into the church was coming Christmas Eve. They, they popped in, they popped out. And I think there's an opportunity that we all have this year to, to invite people. And so that's what those invitations are for. Um, can, we turn the, Stacey, can we turn the heat back on? That would be really nice. Um, we, or I, saw, I see people kind of doing this. Um, to, to invite people to, to come. And so as, as Jake mentioned, let's not blanket at the neighborhood with these but you might have an invitation, uh, you, have, you might have an opportunity this week just to, to chat with someone about Christmas and what they're doing. Here's an opportunity to give them out. So there's a few of them. There's lots available in the back to do that. 2.30 and 4. We're doing a, a candlelight service. And our battery at candlelight that we're having, we're having a moment together. But could there be someone that you know, friends or family to, to invite uh, this week, coworkers this week? There's opportunity that we have to do that. But what we're really wanting people to do is encounter Christ this Christmas, to really experience his presence. And that's been the theme that we've been doing here for the series. We've been doing it with other CTK churches of encountering Christ. And we've been looking at different encounters in the Bible the first Christmas that happened. We looked at Zach, Zechariah. It was, he was the first glimpse of that Christmas is even happening, this advent of the Messiah coming. Last week we looked at Mary and and I always think of Mary's stories, pretty amazing. I mean, she heard the news, and, you know, you think some teenage girls are like, what? <laughs> you know, like, look up from their phone, like, well, you want me to do what? And, then, and I love how her, her obedience to the Lord was so amazing. She says, she said this, she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. What a, what a powerful statement that she's just willing to say, Lord, if that's what you have for me, I'm willing to do that. And I think a lot of us at times, we've had moments where we're like, 
God, you want me to do this? You, you're, you, or this is, this is happening to me? And we, we question it, and we struggle. And, and I'm sure she had those internal struggles. We all did. But the, 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 the simple acceptance of it. But what's interesting about Mary is, is that, you know, for her, she, she accepted it. And there's things in our life that happen that are out of our control. We're all been looking at the weather. I mean, what's going to happen this week? With some people, I, I talked to two different people, who, people are flying out this week. You know, nothing, and flying back. And there's, we have family coming in town. And we have all these plans that we're doing. And so the weather you can't control. You can't control what's out there that comes towards us. And, 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 and yet, there's, there's things that we can control and we can decide upon. And it's interesting, the contrast between Mary and Joseph is Mary, this happened to her. She had to accept this is going to happen. But it's interesting when you look at the narrative of Joseph this morning is that, that Joseph had a choice. Jo- Joseph had, a, had an opportunity to, to make a decision. And, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I get sometimes a little bit decision fatigue. Does anybody do that? There's so many choices we make. We, let's just admit it, like we just want to sit down and watch. You're trying to find, I'm going to watch a Christmas movie. That's what I'm going to do. Well, good luck with that. I mean, you're just sitting there like, I'm just exhausted. Like, I, I think I'm already tired of watching TV. And I haven't watched anything yet. Like, you know, then you finally watch something, and you know, some of us are like, oh, I'm out. Okay, that's it. I'm just, decision fatigue comes over us, and we can't decide. And there's so many decisions we have to make, so many choices. There were, I went down the toothpaste aisle the other day, and like, why is there a whole aisle of toothpaste? It's not just a couple of brands, you know? So we, we face this, but we face big decisions in our life that can weigh us down. We, we go through decision-making that have a lot of consequences. We, we make decisions where we're going to school or when our kids, where our kids go to school or college or careers and relationships, financial choices. We go through life and make health decisions. What, do I go and get this surgery or not this surgery? Do I do, th- do this type of therapy? And, the, and how do we deal with conflict? All these lists of things that we do, and we have to choose. And yet, what happens is, ch- not choosing is a choice. It, you know, we wish we could kind of none of the above in, in there. And yet, that's part of it. And that's what Joseph's point of view was that we're going to look at this morning. It's different. Mary, Mary, this just happened to her. Joseph is this place that this... We call it a disruptive decision. Mary had a divining power. Now Joseph's faced with what he's faced with. And as we look at the different choices in our lives, you and I are going to face that in, in our life. As, and I think so this, is a, this speaks to really all of us here. And we look at last week, we looked at Luke's version of the Christmas story. Today I want to turn to, to Matthew's story today. Matthew's account of, of Joseph. In verse 18 in Matthew 1, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the divine encounter, the, the Spirit of God to come invade us, experience us. And here, the very Spirit, Holy Spirit, she, she is now carrying, carrying the Messiah, carrying Jesus. And and and. And Mary's, again, the Mary's divine encounter becomes Joseph's divine disruption in his life. You know, we, many of us know this. And Joseph was pledged to be married to Mary. And, and being pledged, being in engagement was completely different back then. I mean, if, if, if you were, you know, engaged and things were kind of going sideways, kind of weird, you're like, 
we're breaking this thing off. Here's the ring back, okay? This is not working out. It was very different back then. It was two families that come in contract with one another, right? A, a, a betrothal was what it was called. And, and so it was like a binding agreement. And so to break this off, to break the contract was a huge deal. Last week, we, we thought about Mary's in, internal dis- dialogue going on. And, and we get, it, we get how she, maybe she was struggling, but, but imagine, imagine Joseph's perspective, right? And Mary, Mary coming to Joseph, because he finds out about it. He knows of it. But what does he do with it? We, we're not sure. He probably got the news from her. Imagine sitting down for that. Like, hey, Joe, take a seat, okay? Uh, I got something to tell you. This, I don't know how to break it to you, but I'm, I'm pregnant. But before you say anything, it's the Holy Spirit, right? You're like, whoa, wait a second. He's kind of going, how long did come up, you come up with that idea? Like, you need therapy or you're lying. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is not, it's so, it wasn't just like this question of her morality and her purity. It was illegal, okay? I mean, she was breaking the, the Jewish law here of being pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, that, that meant being stoned to death. I mean, you need to understand there was, there was a perspective he had. But look at verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. I've got one of these hand warmers that's burning in my pocket. Does anybody need a hand warmer right now? Could you raise your hand? Could we sharing germs? Oh, here you go. There you go, Nick. Whoops. Sorry, I hit you there. Um, it's, it, it, I tell you, here's this moment. Joseph, here it says he was, he was he's a faithful to the law, and actually that's, a big, that's actually a big title. In Hebrew culture, it's this tazik, it's, this, it's basically this righteous spiritual leader of the community. He's lifted up as a person like that. Now, back in the day, Joseph would have been a little bit older, not a lot, but usually a little bit older, and they married younger. And, and so he was already kind of established, probably came from a very, uh, you know, religious family at the time, the way it's described here. So it would have been a scandal. It would have been, a, it would have been the worst thing to ever happen in the relationship for this to be dated. So it, was, it wasn't just, just, wasn't just wrong. I mean, it had some really serious consequences. And if, if, if he if he can accuse of being the, the person getting her pregnant, I mean, that, the reputation's gone. There's going, to be, there's going to be difficulties in how they're even going to function in this small little town. I mean, if you live in Blaine, you think it's small. I mean, imagine Nazareth, a little tiny village. Everybody knew everybody's business. But if, you know, but if he divorces her, I mean, no father is going to be able to um, be, you know, be able to marry her off. And that's just the way it was. I mean, this is a very, very big situation that was happening. So, you know, here he's considering kind of bailing out. And we, but we look at that and going, you know, Joseph, buddy, come on, don't bail on your bride-to-be. But there was a lot more than that. See, most Bible scholars would say breaking off the engagement actually would probably maybe a noble thing to do. I mean, if he if there was infidelity that's proven, um, he could get a refund on the dowry. I mean, he could get his money back. That's just how it worked back then. There was reason for this. And yet, there was something about 
He was being careful. I love the line. He says, to divorce her quietly, not to make a big public thing. And, and so you could think of the scenarios that might would happen is maybe, maybe she, he would divorce her quietly, no one know, and then she could move away and have, be pregnant and have the baby somewhere else. So we know she has a cousin Elizabeth down in Jerusalem. Maybe that's where she could stay to have this. There's ways to go about this. There's, there's kind of an easy way to get out of it, really. I mean, not easy, but maybe maybe more convenient way would be possible. And yet, he faced a choice. He faced a hard decision. He had all the legal rights. He had all the religious loopholes to get out of it. And, and well, here's the thing I've learned is because it's, it's a hard thing doesn't mean it's not the right thing. You know, there... There, this is extreme, but it, it does kind of tie into our own lives and it, into our relationships, into our jobs and our opportunities. Our, like I said, maybe you're making health decisions. Whatever choices, we've got to remember not choosing is a choice. We're faced with these decisions that we have to make all the time. That The pressures are there. And I don't know what, you know, the pressure that he was facing was immense, but all of us face pressure. All of us are forced into decisions that we have to make you know, you might feel this holiday season that it's filled with a lot of pressure to perform, to, to buy, per, make purchases, to do certain things, to act a certain way. You might be contemplating, I hate to bring it up, but you have to face this week of who you spend time with at Christmas. You just survived Thanksgiving with those people. Now we're on the other side of the family, and those people are crazy, okay? And now, you know, and, if, and here I always joke about that. It's like, if you're, if you're not the crazy, you know, if, you're, if you don't have crazy people in your family, you're the crazy one, okay? So just so you know, you're all normal until you get to know each other, right? And so all this is going on. There's, and you might have confrontation you have to deal with, and all this comes in. So it does increase worry and, and, and stress and anxiety that the Lord doesn't want us to have, but yet it's there. And, it, and so there's, and you, many of our responsible people, we, we want to do the right thing, and yet it can be very overwhelming. And so simply as Christ's followers is, do I, do I choose the people's way, but what people want or what I want, or do I simply want to choose what, what God wants? And it can, simple decision, but it's difficult to do. Which way will I choose? Well, look at Joseph, look at verse 20 with me. It says, after he had considered this, okay, so he gets the knowledge, he finds out this is happening, he goes to bed. Okay, and during the night, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You know, you can imagine waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, hearing this news and what do you do? I mean, here is centuries and centuries of prophecy is coming to fulfillment. And he is now going to be, think about this, the most famous stepfather in the world, right? If, you, if you're a stepdad, it's noble of you taking on and caring for children. It's kind of, you, you, you kind of signed a new lease and you took these children in and you, you cared for them. So some of you had a stepdad, a great stepdad. Imagine the pressure being stepfather to the savior of the world. That's the role that he had. And, and glad we don't have that job. None of, us, none of us guys have to do that. And none of us maybe, you know, if you had an angelic 
dream, talk, let's talk, let's talk about that. Uh, let's, let's chat about that. So, but we don't, we realize that th- that might not happen to us, but we have to make decisions. We, we wish, you know, at times divine encounters happen in our lives, but whatever the divine encounter, whatever God comes to us, it can lead to a, a disruptive decision that we have to make. There's choices when we choose God over ourselves and other people's opinions around us. And I, I, I'm glad that through Scripture and through the Holy Spirit and, and through the, our spiritual community, we can find to make the right decision. The right decisions are sometimes the hardest decisions, and they can bring, well, disruption, right? That it really happens. We, we, love, we love Christmas to be cozy and convenient and cuddly and all that, but we know as life is, it's not always that way. So this morning, as we think about decisions that we have to make, maybe not just the Christmas season, but this next year, let's consider the path of Joseph. Let's consider for ourselves what we would choose. And so here's some thoughts to be reminded of again this Christmas season is that pleasing God, you know what does? It, can, it breaks attachments to other people's opinions. When we, when we choose to please God, when we choose his way, it breaks that. So, you know, we get, we, we get caught up. What do people think of me? What, you know, do I fit in? Do I measure up? Did I show up with the ugliest sweater? Did, it, did I actually qualify, right? And you're like, wow, I, that person stepped up and then another level. But we, we, we are self-conscious all the time. And we find that, um, or self-focus is that, 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 that also we're concerned about what people can think of us. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with people weighing in on getting opinions of others. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I find that, man, you could put a, Facebook poll out there. What do you think we should do? And all, and you're just going to be more and more confused all the time, right? All the people's opinions and everything just make clogs our life up when we stress out so much. And don't you think a lot of times our stress really has to do with that? You're like, I'm just trying to do all this. And it's like, why am I doing this to myself? We can get so obsessed what people think. What happens is we quickly forget that we're about pleasing God. Joseph still had to wrestle with, even though he had this angelic dream, you think that's pretty clear, you still can wake up and go, was that bad hummus last night? You know, what did I, what did I have that, you know, that caused me to have such a dream? You're going to question God all the time, aren't you? Because there's this, there's this moment where you have to really weigh in and go, God, am I really hearing from you? Do, and really the question you have, do I marry this person or not? And so we can weigh in the, he weighed in the public opinions. He had a religious loophole to get out of this. But what I've learned is sometimes the, the hardest thing doesn't mean it's not the, you know, the wrong thing to do. And, and, and so we, we're, we embrace the challenge ourselves. And here, this, here he had the, you know, and we don't have an angel at the foot of our bed speaking to us, but we do have the Bible. You know, if you're going, oh, I wish I had a divine revelation. Oh, we have it already. It's the Holy Scriptures that we have. Hebrews 4.12 says that, that you know, the, the, the Bible is like is, is a sword. You know, it's like the Word of God is alive and active, sharpening a double-edged sword. I, I, it says here that even dividing soul, soul and spirit, joining uh, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So if you're going, oh, I don't really know God's will, 
God's will is right in your hands. God's will is right on your app, on your phone, for what the word says, and that will guide you and direct you. I've had people over the years come to me, and, and they say, I, I just need to hear a word from the Lord. I say, well, what do you what do you need? Like, what are you doing to do that? Like, I don't know. I came to you. <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> and I just like, well, here you go. Here's the Bible, okay? Here's God's word. It doesn't mean that other believers and people can speak into your life and bring confirmation. But if you're not seeking the word of God yourself and you're asking for everybody else's opinion, you're missing the boat. It's divine revelation he's given us. I love how the Bible says it's a, it's a lamp into our feet, a light onto our path. And we're always looking for answers and different things and all, all over the place. And, the, and then it's like there's arrows, double arrows, pointing you in this direction from God's word. You're like, ah, oh, I don't really like that way because I like these other things, the easier way, the more convenient way. And, but the more convenient way is, is many times not the right way. We wish, we wish, some, you know, is there once in a while? Well, oh, it seems a clear, easy path. Not all the time. What does Jesus says? The road is narrow. It, it's, it's, it's arduous at times. It's difficult at times. And so we have to come to this place and face to face. Do I, make, do I obey in the most difficult decisions that I have to face? Do I please God? You know, or do I please others, including myself, to come to that place? The hard thing doesn't mean it's not, not, not the right. It, it, could be the, it could be the right way to go. And that's where we have to weigh in not on others saying, weigh in on what God's saying. And yet, the decisions we're about to make, that can be disruptive. Because one of the things I've learned this is that choosing God's way may, may mean facing criticism. May means. May face criticism. There's a choice that we have to make. At times, Joseph had a huge choice. Do I, do I fear man and go man's way, or am I obedient to the Lord? And he faced the ridicule. He faced the criticism, not only the potential of this, this baby being born and, and how the baby was born and who's the father and all that, but raising this child and, and living with that scrutiny. I find it interesting that there really isn't any record of that. We really don't have Jesus from age 2 to age 12. But they must have faced that. There must have been questions like, immaculate conception really? I mean, neighbors talk and, and, and family members question and wondering and, and then they just, they just kind of live with that. You got to know that when very, very difficult, but they trusted God. And I want to ask you, really encourage you on how it plays out in your life. There's times when you're, you're reading God's word and God's calling you to do something and it's not going to be very popular. It's not going to be very um, trendy to go that way and you're going to have to make some decisions because that's what the word of God does it, it divine revelation will narrow down and give you focus and and, and you it'll illuminate it's almost I don't know if you ever read the bible sometimes and there's like like someone oh there's a, a highlighted like oh I didn't highlight anything it's highlighted already for me it, it illuminates for me like that's the way to go and 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 when you do that though you kind of run the risk of of being criticized or being misunderstood. I've had times in, in leadership here, I've had God just says, no, this is the way to go. And with others' input, we need to make a tough, tough decision. And it had a lot of consequences. And for your life as well, and you might be facing that, you might have to take a stand on a moral issue. 
And you're maybe labeled one of those. Bigot. You might be labeled... You might be labeled and you're taking on a cause to fight injustice and you're getting tagged with some political party. You're like, I don't even know what that's about. No, I'm about this. I'm, I'm standing up for the people that can't stand for themselves. We're going to run the risk all the time of those reputations that are going to happen. I think a lot of us sometimes we're faced with a confronting conversation. And we have avoided it, we have avoided it, we have avoided it. We, we, it might be someone at work or even close to our family member or someone even in our own, fa- our own household. And we keep pushing off, pushing off, and we're finally in a place where we've got to decide, what do we do? And if, if we have the conversation, we risk that relationship. But we know we need to do that. But we, we struggle, don't we? See, I've learned this is that I can be overwhelmed by other people's opinion and it will lead me to compromise. It was, sometimes it will lead me to inaction, that I don't do anything. Again, no choice is a choice. It happens all the time. But one of the things I would have been guilty of at this is when I live off people's compliments, I'll die to their criticism. If I'm feeding all of what people are saying I'm doing good, and then when I'm using that as my platform, that using that's what's propping me up in life, when, when there's a bad week or things that happen, man, those same people can be quickly, they can criticize you all the time. It happens because I'm, I'm putting my, my ego and I'm putting my identity into what they think rather than what God wants me to do. And each one of us have to say, when we say yes to Jesus, what does that mean? We're saying no to something else or someone else at times. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want them to receive care, but there's this choice we, we have to make. Jesus says, consider the cost and follow him. Sometimes there's a cost to be paid to lay down our agendas and what other people's opinions are. And I found this, if, if uh, you don't want to live with any criticism, let me tell you what you do. Don't do anything. Don't stand for anything. Don't live for anything. And you'll just blend in with everybody else in the world. And you and I will not make a difference in anyone's lives, in your own life. And you will find no purpose, and you will find no desire for really what life is about, that it is beyond you. And it will be very, very dissatisfying. So how many know, how many know this? We all know this when we live when we live for ourselves. As I said last week, we it's like when we open up all the gifts and all the foods consumed that after Christmas, and we go, "Well, that's it." <laughs> it's an empty feeling, isn't it? But when we live for others and we serve others, there's going to be pushback when we obey God and what He has for us. If you want to be, if you're gonna, if you want to be used by God, be ready for that. Be prepared for that. Joseph modeled obedience to us. He showed us literally like how he's going to have to. I'm glad we're not having to do that work of raising the Son of God as the Savior of our souls. But he had this work. Look at verse 24. What, what did he do? It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the, the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. As the Lord commanded. That, that word commanded is a strong word. It's a military word. It's, it's following orders. It's saying, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I will do that. Simple obedience is not easy, is it? It's very, very difficult. 
Joseph responded this way, and, and, and he had assurance for God, and it's so powerful what happens is when we do that. But making, making a disruptive decision, know this, faith, faith is the action we take by trusting God to take care of the details. It is a faith step. He did not know all was going to happen. Look at, look at the angel finishes. It says, uh, but he said this, but do not cons- uh, consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So he followed through and the orders are there specifically in these things to do. And, and it was interesting. And then give him this name that he's going to be the savior of the world. Now, what else did they get from that? That's it. There's no manual, okay? There's no, you already learned that as a parent. If you're a parent, you go, there's no marriage, there's no, uh, well, there's no marriage manual. There, there, you know, like, here's how to do it. And there's definitely parenting manual. It's like, here's the step-by-step things that are there in life. We, we, we have God's word to guide us and direct us, but this was specific. Like, we could use a little bit more details here, Lord. You know, how do I, you know, if you're going to raise the perfect child, you ever heard of that? Like, imagine Jesus, okay? That's going to be very, very difficult to do. But I think you and I have, we've learned as we prayed, you know, times. I think I've done this, Lord. I, you know, you sense God's leading you. And like, okay, Lord, can you give me a little more details to do what? And, and, and I think there's kind of, like, I always call it the Jack Nicholson moment. What is God saying? You can't handle the truth, okay? You can't handle the details. I think if we had, we, I want this. I kind of want certainty, Lord. I want to know, like, if I do this, then this, 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 and this is like, okay, this is, that'll go that way. I wish I could do that. I wish it was that way. But then I look back and I'm like, maybe I don't know, want to know the details, because, well, that's not faith, is it? Faith is stepping out. Faith is taking the step. Faith is doing and not having certainty of, of what's going to happen. And that's hard for us, isn't it? It really is. But I think what's wonderful about the Lord when we follow him, we can get clarity in the midst of uncertainty. Amen. Right? So we can, we can know because we hear the Lord, we know the Lord, and we're listening to his voice, and we take that step of clarity what we're going to do is to follow him. It's clear orders. It's commanded. You know, if you're in an army and you're, you know, you're listening to your commanding officer and they're saying, you know, the commander says, take that hill. We're taking that hill. Well, but Sarge, what's on the other side of that hill? We don't know, but that's the hill we're taking. And that's what God does to us. He says, I want you to go this way and follow, and let me figure out the details of it. I love how Matthew, well, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? And all these things will be added to you as well. Those are the details that will work out. Now, are they going to work out to everything we want, and it feels so good? No. It's us continuing, and not to say there's not fulfillment, as we see the fulfillment through the first parents that, you know, the parents that brought Jesus to us, but, but recognize it's difficult, it's, it's hard, it's, it's frustrating at times, and we're seeking, 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 but that's all about what Jesus is wanting us to do, is seek him in relationship, and he will work things out. I think you and I can look back on our life, we can look back at times we're going, man, that was hard, man, that was difficult, but look where we're at now. Look what God did. And it's amazing. And yet God says, okay, next leg of the journey, the next step. I don't know for you what 2020 is going to 
23. People getting, I don't know about you, people get really skittish now what the next year is going to be <laughs> since the pandemic. We all were so excited about 2020, right? We're still living through that. Like 2023, I'm not going to, I don't want to jinx it or whatever, you know. But I would say this, we're looking ahead saying, God, you, your plan is to follow you, whatever it might be. We can't get certainty, but we can have clarity what that is. And that's what faith is all about. This week, we're chatting in our council about our building. And, you know, that one of the things our, our church council really said, like, Dan, let's make sure we let people know more and more on Sundays to be praying for our, our building situation. Uh, we, we've got clarity. We, we know that we need a driveway right over here that we get permission to sign off for. And so we're in a legal dispute about that. And so I encourage you to keep praying about that. Continue to believe God, but we don't know the certainty. We don't know the outcome. All we know is, God, you led us this far. There's been a wonderful building you provided. Sometimes we try to keep warm in the winter, and and we're gathering together. If we just get more people in here, we'll be warmer because there's more bodies. And we'll keep doing that. We'll keep following him. We don't know the results. And I would say that for your life as well. You don't know the, 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 the outcomes of it. But we do know is, will you be obedient and to follow? Joseph modeled that to us. He just, that's what the Lord told him to do, and he did it. And the results are amazing, isn't it? <laughs> the results is Jesus. The results is he chose. He made a decision. Mary had to kind of accept the decision, what she needed to do. And, and I'm not putting down Mary. I mean, that was a huge deal, right? But Joseph had a decision. Do I walk or not walk? You and I, this next year, we're going to have some decisions that we're going to have to work through. And I want to encourage you as we go into this Christmas week and this new year, I want to give you kind of our encounter Christmas practice this week, is to be present in your decisions this week. I invite you this week as you go in, and I know it's a busy week for all of us, to think about the decisions you're going to make, maybe not this Christmas, but this next year. Maybe some tough decisions you've got to face. It might be a career choice. It might be a relationship. It might be one of those confronting conversations that you might have to have with someone as you go into this next year. But be present with the Lord. Say, God, what are you speaking to you? I want to seek, I want you to reveal my heart of where I'm at, but I want, Lord, you to reveal your heart to me. And when we do that, the promises are pretty amazing. And with Joseph, what ended up being was he was the greatest stepfather in the history of the world, right? To bring in the, the, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, to bring salvation for us. He didn't look for the approval of men. He looked for the approval of God. And you and I have to come to that place. But we, at times, will have to make disruptive decisions and what God will do. And it won't always be that popular, the public opinion, even for what we want, but what God wants. At the end of the day, we, we know that choosing what God wants isn't the easiest thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. And God will bring about the reward, whatever that may be, the fulfillment. If it's not this side of heaven, it's the next an opportunity. I invite the team to come as we close. I was thinking about this week. Some of you know, and boy, two weeks from yesterday, my, my son will be married. And as he's been getting ready for his, you know, his engagement time, Christy and I were reflecting during our engagement time and getting ready to get married and, and uh, our parents' advice that we didn't listen to too well at times. But 
And so we see that when our own kids, like, okay, it's their wedding, uh, what they're doing. And that's part of choices and decisions. But we, I was just thinking about the other day with um, Chrissy had a decision. She said yes. That was awesome that one, that one day when I got on the knee and, and uh, proposed. But through that was as you prepare, and I was thinking of how Joseph had to, you know, his decisions that are being made and difficulties we're, we're having. Uh, there's always difficulties and challenges. And one of them I didn't know about um, my wife-to-be. I'm, I, I was, she had finished college, and I had another year. And I was going to school with her sister. And, and uh, her sister just, just felt like she needed to talk to, talk to uh, Christy and, and said, I, you know, Dan is, he's, just, he's not very friendly. She goes, what's going on? He goes, yeah, on campus, he's just like, he kind of like, I don't know, he's kind of a snob. And he's not really nice. He's just kind of like rude or whatever. Like I'm not very talkative or not very. And, and what I found is when I was on a, a Bible college campus is there is, I felt like I was, I, my excuse was there was a lot of like phony people. There was a lot of like, hey, brother, you know, how's it going today? Isn't God good? You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to go to class. I mean, mellow, chill out, you know, like overzealous Christians were around me. And and what was really going on is I was kind of insecure. I I was kind of holding back a little bit, and it came off being rude. And so Chrissy had a decision she had to make. Do I go along and continue getting married and not confront some of the things that need to be confronted? Or do I have the conversation? So what ended up being was a confrontation, I think. But it was my, my, my bride-to-be and her sister and one night sat me down. And it was a difficult, I mean, it's a risk, right? But she was risking this relationship. She knew she needed to have a, a conversation about it. And she shared all this and her sister shared. And, and, and in fact, her sister's birthday is today. I, I wish her happy birthday. Because so, all that to say is this, I needed that. I needed that correction. I needed that tweaking in my life a little bit because I wasn't aware of it. But what was going on was my own insecurities. And as I worked through that and became aware of that, I became a little bit more friendly on campus. But I, I needed that help, and that helped in our marriage and in, in, in in being honest with one another in life. I don't know what you're facing. You're going to face in your life. Making a decision to talk to somebody to do something, it could be a disruptive decision. Are you hearing from the Lord on what you need to do next? Maybe you're contemplating this. Maybe today this won't be an issue for you, but I tell you it will be in 2023. And you might even come back to this moment and say, God, am I hearing you? Am I following you? Am I listening to you? Even if it's not popular to opinion, even if it's not po- something that I want to do, I know I'd rather stay, I'd rather stay, you know, in a comfortable place. But God times wants to burst us out of that bubble and say, no, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I might not have an angel speak to me in a dream, but I have your word to show me and guide me. I have the Holy Spirit to help me. I have other brothers and sisters in community, my small group, to guide me in the, in the tough decisions and sometimes decisions that are disruptive in our life. So I want to invite you to prayer as we pray this morning. And I, again, just because it's the hard thing, it doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. And, and so you're, you're faced with that possibly today. Or you know someone that's in a place too. And then thirdly, I would say this, that you're going to be. <laughs> We're going to face this next year some tough decisions and decisions that could disrupt. And so, Lord, we come before you today. And 
maybe trying to be highly practical here, but Lord, there, there is going to be times we make decisions every day, so it, it matters. Some, some don't matter in the sense of what we eat, what we watch, what we do, though, though they can have effects. It's really about the big ones, what we do with others, what we do with our future, where you, where you have us next, Lord. And so I just pray for those here and you're in that place that even today that they got a little bit of clarity. Even, even while we're talking here, Lord, they, they, they're, something's rattling around, though, Lord, but they don't, they don't know for sure. Lord, will you guide them? Will you direct them? Give clarity this week. Clarity in the Christmas week. Clarity in the next year into this 2023 that we're going to have. Lord, whatever that looks like. But God, we would hear from you. And Lord, will you allow us to be present this week? As we're present with people around us, will we be present with you in your presence, hearing your voice, getting clarity? Lord, we, may we recognize that it is a faith step every step of the way that we take. We don't know what's on the other side. We don't, we don't know the certainty, but we know you. And yet we follow you. And Lord, we're grateful for Joseph. We're grateful for these wonderful parents that brought you in this world, Lord, that were surrogates, were step step parents to you that to to bring you in and to be incarnate and lord we lift this week to you we lift not only ourselves and our families but we lift this entire church as we come into our christmas eve services lord that the good news of great joy that message would get in the hearts of people that would be coming into this place that we are inviting or gathering together to celebrate to you to worship you to honor you and in it lord it was disruptive but this encounter that 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 we had with you, that others can have with you, that brings change in their life. So go before us this week and all that we do and all that we say and the decisions that we have to make. We're, we're led by you and we, we leave the details to you as we seek for us your kingdom and your righteousness and all that we worked out for your glory and praise. We, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand as we close here today. It is quite possible that there is some decisions that you are wrestling with. We kind of maybe stirred it up a little bit for you. There's some wonderful people here in the front, myself included, saying, ah, I need some clarity, I need some wisdom. We could pray with you about that. We let the Lord guide you and direct you. We, we want to partner you with that or anything you need prayer for today. But if you could be praying this week, if you could be taking some of those invitations out, and there's a bunch in the back, take 10, take 20, whatever works, but don't just throw them all over the place. Individual invitations, inviting people in to have a wonderful time. And I hope to see you back here this coming Saturday, 2.30 or 4. Have a great Christmas week. Drive safe when you go out here. But prayer available as we, we close. Let's sing this together to the Lord. Have a great day.